It's Home Court Press, Utah Jazz Talk. Jazz Bites with Brian Priest and McCade Pearson. The Jazz continue their hot play of late as they return home and lead wire to wire in a dismantling of Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. Perimeter defense, long an issue with this Jazz team, limits the Hawks to 18% shooting from three as the Jazz knock down 23s of their own. And Rudy Gobert rebounds from a tough road trip to dominate Clint Capella. Donovan Mitchell leads the team in scoring. Stay tuned as all that and more is coming up next on Home Court Press, Utah Jazz Talk, Jazz Bites. Welcome into Home Court Press Jazz Bites Edition. This is your host, Brian Priest, joined as always by McCade Pearson. McCade, we're talking another Jazz win. They've got four in a row, taking down the Hawks last night, 116-92. It was nice to see the Jazz back in action in the Viv. And how about that uniform combination and the court last <laughs> night? That was, that, it looked good. The Hawks need to bring back some lime green. I, um, those are the ugliest jerseys ever, the lime green Hawks. Are you kidding me? They needed to embrace and go with a full lime green jersey. But no, yeah, <laughs> great win by the Jazz. Fun little core combo there with the Jazz going dark mode and the Hawks having their weird, I don't even know how to explain it, red. Um, so the Jazz was a team that was red and on fire last night. Put up 26 points in all four quarters. Didn't let up more than 28 points in a quarter. Just dominated the whole game out there, a little scare in the third quarter. 8-4 moving forward. We're not looking at playoff standings yet because we're only a dozen games in the season, but wins are a good thing, and that's one four in a row now. Let me ask you, before we start getting into the specifics of last night's game, McCade, did it look like the Hawks really enjoy playing with each other? I know there's been some conversation about John Collins, and uh, apparently he called out Trey Young in a film session recently, and just his style of play, and they want to get more people involved more consistently. I watched that Hawks team last night, and it really didn't seem like they're very cohesive. Of course, it's early in the year. They had a lot of roster turnover during the offseason, but it does look like there could be some issues brewing at Atlanta, doesn't it? Yeah, because they came out, they had wins in Chicago and Memphis, beat the Pistons at home. And they had that two-game series in Brooklyn where they lost 145-141 and then beat Brooklyn a couple days later. And all of a sudden, I was like, hey, the Hawks are 4-1. They're going to be good. And since then... Losses to Cleveland at home, losses to the Knicks at home, loss to the Hornets at home, go to Charlotte and lose, beat the Philadelphia, I'm going to say 33ers, because it wasn't the 76ers that night with everybody <laughs> out. Um, and then the Jazz loss after the Suns game postponed. So all of a sudden they've gone from 4-1 and one to 5-6. and six. Trey Young obviously didn't have the best game of his life last night. Things just feel a little off in Atlanta. I saw some betting odds that had Lloyd Pierce uh, pretty high on most likely to be fired first this season. Yeah, I so saw we'll that. We'll see what happens there. They hired Nate McMillan as well, you know, former Pacers coach. And there's, I've heard some talk that they're kind of just biding their time until Pierce gets fired and McMillan takes over. It, it just, it doesn't seem like a great situation in in Atlanta. But as a Jazz fan, facing this Hawks team, great time to be facing a, a squad like Atlanta. Uh, let's jump right into it. I kind of wanted to start with the Jazz defense today, McGee. Normally we talk about individuals, but. I thought the Jazz defense looked really, really good. And and one of the things that was most exciting to me is Trey Young is the type of player that the Jazz have struggled against on the perimeter this season. You know, a shifty guy, a guy that can shoot, create for himself. And they they really bottled up Trey Young completely. I think Trey only ended up scoring four points last night. He was one of eleven from the field. And not only Trey Young, but the Jazz hold the Hawks to under 18% shooting from the three-point line, 41% overall. You're just not going to win a lot of NBA basketball games shooting that poorly. Yeah, no, the Jazz defense is up to tied for second in the league 
Um, just the Lakers are better. So that's great to see. The net ratings all the way up to third. The last two weeks specifically, they have the number two defense and the number two net rating, which is pretty much all season at this point outside the couple ugly games. And the Timberwolves game is kind of falling out of that now. Mm-hmm. Um, all the games before near. So the Jazz look really, really good. and They're hitting their stride. You hope they can continue this momentum over the next nine games. You know, you go to Denver, they have a six-game homestand with some important games. The Warriors come to town. The Mavericks come to town for two games. They got some important games coming up, and this is just great momentum of, okay, we're beating bad teams the way we're supposed to. Let's push this forward as we have some important home games against Western Conference playoff teams coming up. Yeah, you say beating bad teams like you're supposed to. If we really look at last night's game, honestly— Probably kind of an average Jazz performance, but the fact that they can get that average performance and still win by 24 points, I think, speaks volumes about the ceiling that the Jazz have this season. I, you know, we've we've tried to talk ourselves into thinking that they have a, a lot of depth, and as the season progresses, we do start to see that depth. When Donovan Mitchell's been carrying the team, he's been great the last three, four games during this four-game winning streak. Scores 26 points last night. But they're always getting contributions from other guys on the roster. Last night, it was Mike Conley again playing well. Bojan Bogdanovich has a pretty good game for himself, scoring 17 points, 6 of 12 from the field. Rudy Gobert comes back from a, a really tough road trip, one of the, I would say, one of the toughest stretches of his career since he became a full-time starter. He, he plays great. He plays the way that we expect him to be able to play and shuts down Clint Capella. It was just, it's fun to watch so many pieces come together. And, you know, we've got a guy like Jordan Clarkson who didn't play very well last night until late he started to hit some threes. But in the first half, he really struggled. I don't think he made his first field goal until the fourth quarter. But the Jazz are still able to work around that, and it doesn't cause them any problems. Yeah, no, I look around, and all the things I love about the Jazz they did last night, all the things I worry about the Jazz they did last night, and so it's just a weird, this was about as average of a good Jazz game as we're going to get. You know, Donovan looked good. 50% from the field, 60% from three, no free throw attempts. Mm-hmm. The Jazz rebounded, had a 27% offensive rebounding rate. That's good, but what the Jazz are doing this year. The Jazz had 19 turnovers. That's bad, but they did it again last night. You know, just all these things that we've talked about this whole season just were evident last night. And overall, especially against bad teams, is a winning formula to win basketball games. 23s again. I think that's the fifth time, sixth time the Jazz have done that this season. Mm-hmm. After doing that like six times in the first 40 whatever years of their franchise history. Um, I think, yeah, so you know, everything is just the Jazz are becoming a team that is consistency. Even those minor bad things like the turnovers, you're seeing the consistency come. And that's what really separates great from superstar players as well as great from super teams is can you do the same things every single night? Can you shoot? Can you make 23s every single night? That kind of stuff. The consistency is coming along, and that's what's going to take this Jazz on a run, a big win streak to help their record, as well as into the deeper levels of the playoffs. Thanks for tuning in today. It's Season 2 of Home Court Press with McCade Pearson and Brian Priest. Home Court Press can be found on any of your major podcatchers, including Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And please, if you like what you're hearing, remember to share, rate, and review so that we can expand our audience. Home Court Press can also be found on kbear.com. Just go to kbear.com forward slash home court press. Lastly, give McCade Pearson a follow on Twitter at McCadep8. That's M-C-C-A-D-E-P-8. You can find me, Brian Priest, on Twitter as well at bpriest24. That's at B-P-R-E-E-C-E 24. As always, thanks for listening to Home Court Press. And take note. Now, back to the show. We talked about it with the Cleveland game. It was very similar last night. 
when you face bad teams, you want to be able to really just put your foot down and run away from from these squads. And that's what the Jazz did last night is they lead wire to wire, lead by as much as 30 points during that game. And there was never a point where you feel like the outcome is in question. I think the Hawks got within six or eight at some point in the third quarter. And then the Jazz immediately go on a 21 to five run, 21 to four, something like that, and put it away. And that's that's what you have to do as a good team is, is you recognize that I think you have to recognize how important getting two, three additional minutes of rest each night can be. Uh, the the Bucks are a perfect example of a team that blows out their opponents so often that their starters frequently only have to play 28 to 30 minutes a night. And the Jazz have, have been able to piece that type of a, a thing together. And you love to watch it. Donovan Mitchell, I think, he... He only plays 29 minutes last night, scores 26 points in those 29 minutes. Royce, again, leads the team in minutes played, but he only has 31 minutes played. And it's it's important as you know, we watch this truncated season, 72 games, and you just want to make sure you're as fresh as possible. And the Jazz are using these runs, putting teams away early and giving themselves not only opportunity to rest, but the young guys – Guys that they we know they're going to have to develop because at some point they are going to need people like Elijah Hughes. They're going to need Shaq Harrison. They're going to need Mia Oni. They're going to need George Niang. And those guys are getting more opportunities to play live NBA minutes because the Jazz are so dominant in some of these games. Yeah, I mean, they got, what, six minutes last night? And frankly, it should have got more Quinn's to... I think he checked Donovan Mitchell back in with a 29-point lead and eight minutes to go. So we, we don't necessarily need that. Um, although the argument is, not a lot of practice get these guys minutes so they can get more in rhythm, which I get. But yeah, getting all these young guys five, six minutes a game at what feels like the end of every game now is great for the future because as we've seen around the league, things can turn. One positive test can knock seven players out, and then you're really limited for the next three games. And so being mm-hmm. prepared with all these guys getting real minutes, and not necessarily real, real minutes, but real-time game action is super valuable, and you love to see that. I mean, Mione with Joe Ingles out has now played 20 minutes the last three of the last four games. Joe did come back for one. Yanks played over 20 minutes the last two games, which I'm loving for my fantasy team because I have being <laughs> on my fantasy team for whatever reason. Um, but you're seeing the Jazz come together as a full team, one to 16. Good players, getting consistency. It's all just, we're going in the right direction. I'll just sum it up to that. Yeah, that's that's the key. We're going in the right direction. You're seeing developments that not only are the Jazz playing well, but they're they're playing in a way that there's no reason to think they can't continue doing it. It's not like there's a lot of outliers with what they're doing. We've already talked about it. It was very much an average game. A lot of the, the good things we've seen from the Jazz we saw last night and a lot of the bad things we've seen from the Jazz we saw last night, they're just that much better than their opponents right now. And, you know, the last three, four years, the Jazz have, have been prone to slow starts to the season. So to see them right now with four straight wins, they they sit at eight and four. You already said we don't really care about where the playoff standings are right now, 12 games in. But the Jazz are banking these wins now because we know that in the second half of the season, the schedule is going to be pretty difficult. And so you want to bank these wins and put yourself in a position that if you do deal with injuries, illness, or you just go through a, a tough patch and you play some really difficult teams back to back to back, that it's not going to kill you if you do end up dropping a couple games in a row. And that's what's really important. That's what I love to see with this Jazz team is 
they're they're not resting on their laurels at this point. And you know, Donovan Mitchell's leadership, you can see how he's really stepped up, taking it to heart, how he he didn't play I don't I would I think it's safe to say he didn't play up to the the standard that he expects of himself early in the year, but over the last five games since uh, I would say since New York, he's looked really good and he's been the best player on one of the best teams in the league. Oh, he's had a four game stretch that's just been amazing. Specifically shooting the ball has really come around. Um I do want to stop and be very clear. Winning now is super important. You know, kind of the phrase of you're not going to get the first seed in the first dozen games of the year, but you might lose the first seed in the first dozen games of the year. Yes. You do need to win these games to get a high seed, and that's what the Jazz are doing. So we're not trying to set aside the playoff standings of, oh, these games don't matter because they matter a ton. But you're also, what, two games up on the 10 seed? Like a, a three-game losing streak, and we could all fall into despair and think the world's going to end. So <laughs> oh, we would. Balanced, but you do need to win these games, and it is important the Jazz have won four games in a row and are now moving forward as they sit third in the West right now. Did you have anything else before we move on, McCade? Before we wrap up move on a little bit, I do got two quick things. Number one, Karis LeVert got traded, and it's probably going to start for the Indiana Pacers. So there goes the biggest competitor, Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year case. So that's a little quick little fun fact. And number two, the NBA thing about adding a third two-way player, which I think is just a good thing to keep an eye on. I'll probably look around the league a little bit and try and figure out some jazz targets on who they can go get with that third two-way spot if that does indeed become official. So keep an eye out for that on Twitter as a jazz to look out to round out their roster with one more player. Well, yeah, that's good to know. I didn't realize. I, I know that there had been talk about why they hadn't already added a, a third two-way player or increased roster sizes. and So it's nice to hear that they're considering that, and that'll be good to see what kind of targets the jazz are going to have. Uh, next time the Jazz are, are in action, this is going to be Sunday night, traveling to Denver, taking on Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic. The first rematch since last year's disappointing but spectacular playoff series against the Nuggets in the bubble. That'll be 6 o'clock Sunday night. It's at, This is a big game for the Jazz. It's in division. It's their biggest competition for winning the Northwest Division. And it would go a long way to heading down to Denver. I think this... Is this the only time they go to Denver in this first half of the schedule, at least? No. Ironically enough, so we go to Denver, and then we come home for six games, and then we go right back to Denver. So our next two road games are in Denver. Um, you got to figure out a way to still one of those, especially because there's a good chance we finish tied with Denver at the end of the season, where one game can be so, so, so important. A, it's a win. B, it's a Nuggets loss. And C, it helps your tiebreaker. If we can split these two games, we can take care of them at home. I believe that home game is in the second half of the season. Well, why would we sell ourselves short and try and split it? Let's go to Denver and win two. And then all of a sudden we do that, and we're on like a, what, 12-game win streak, 13-game win streak, 14-game win streak? Who knows where it stops? Well, this time last year the Jazz were in the middle of what ended up becoming, I think it was a 14-game win streak. So maybe it's just this time of year works out well for the Jazz. McCade, where can I find you on social media? You can find me at McCadePA. That's M-C-C-A-D-E-P-A. I'll be tweeting Packers stuff all afternoon because my Packers are in the playoffs. But as I said, I'm going to look in and see if we can figure out who the Jazz might target with that third two-way spot and who are some options there. And you can find me, Brian Priest, on Twitter at bpriest24. That's at B-P-R-E-E-C-E-24. And because we didn't have our weekly recap show due to health and safety protocols, let's throw our NFL picks in real quick, McCade. We've got four games going on this weekend, two today, two on Sunday. We're each going to pick three games, right? Yep. Okay. So I'm going to go through this real quick. We don't need to take a ton of time. The first game today, Rams at Packers. Packers favored by six and a half. I think the Packers are going to win this game, but I think it's going to be close. It's probably going to be a field goal difference. So give me the Rams plus six and a half. 
Yeah, I'm going the other way. Not just because I'm a Packers fan, but Jared Goff can't play in the cold. Aaron Rodgers is 34 and 10 in under 32 degrees. By Jared Goff's 0 and 2. We'll see how the Jalen Ramsey Devontae Adams matchup goes, but I'm taking my Packers there. Two words: Aaron Donald. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones. <laughs> okay, so we're each only picking three. So you go ahead and take this next game, Ravens Bills yeah. today. So I'm taking the Bills minus two and a half. This one's really shaky. I think Josh Allen's good enough. Two and a half's a really scary low number. Yeah. So just basically giving the Bills straight up, and that's what I guess we roll with. Yep. I didn't want to get near this one. I think. Either team could win by 10. I, both of these are spectacular teams. So glad you ended up picking that one for tomorrow. First game of the day. Browns go into Kansas City, taking on the Chiefs. Chiefs favored by 10 right now. I'd take the Chiefs if it was a two-touchdown favorite. So give me the Chiefs minus 10. Yeah, that's the game I'm going to stay away from, actually. I 10's a big number. I thought the Browns were in trouble against Pittsburgh, and that went really sideways. So I'm going to stay away from that one and pass. That's my pass of the week. Okay, interesting. And I'm going to let you take the lead on this Bucks Saints game. What do you? What are your predictions on it? I is this a more than a playoff game? Is this like a career playoff game? Like loser goes home home between Tom Brady and Drew Brees? Nah, Brady's going to keep playing. Brees is going to retire either way. Um, this should be a fun game in a dome. I'm kind of hoping the Saints win. I'd rather play the Saints if the Packers win, but I'm going to go with Bucks plus three. I just think Brady's got a little bit more. I think that defense is ready to go. Something just seems off with the Saints. They kind of seem to be trying to hold on to this spot or the Bucks are coming to grab it. So I'm going to go with Bucks plus three. I think you described it perfectly. The the Bucks are the Bucks are the better team, and they're they're playing to take this game where the Saints are just trying to hold on. I think the Saints have a pretty good defense, but I, as a Broncos fan, I saw the final year of Peyton Manning, and you could never feel comfortable with Peyton Manning taking the snaps that season. And I feel very similarly watching Drew Brees. He just, you know, you you get old and you lose it. I think he turned 42 over the weekend, either 42 or 43. The the two quarterbacks, Brady and Brees, combined for to be 85 years old in this game. So that's obviously an NFL record, but. I, I'm also going to take the Bucks plus three. All that being said, unnecessarily. Give me the Bucks plus three. So we're, we agree on that one. Recapping the picks here, I've got the Rams plus six and a half in Lambeau. You've got, got the Packers minus six and a half. Yep, and then you're taking the Bills minus two and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs minus ten, and you're staying away from that game. And then we've each got the Bucks plus three. We'll see how it goes. I'm a game and a half back. We only got, what, six games left? Three after this week? So I'm pulling away. Now's the time to make my move. It's been a dominant season for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll wrap us up for Jazz Bites. We will be back Monday morning talking, uh, hopefully, a Jazz victory in Denver. And then, barring any unforeseen circumstances, we actually should be able to get a weekly recap show up, and we're definitely going to spend a lot of time talking about that James Harden trade to the Brooklyn Nets. Well, McCade, let's wrap it up. What do we say? Take note.